Go ahead and get your Bibles. Daniel chapter number 6. A couple of weeks ago, we were in Daniel chapter number 2. We had Daniel when he was just a young man, just a young man to, to be able to know, but yet we talked about the wisdom that he showed uh, when, when Nebuchadnezzar was ready to throw all of those men uh, into, uh, to be executed, to kill all of those people, the, the magicians, the wise men, all of those, but yet Daniel used wisdom and answered with wisdom and then gave the credit to God and so thankful that he did that so much uh, uh, that to give God the glory. But then we find him in Daniel chapter number 6 this evening. And in Daniel chapter number 6, we find Daniel as an older man, more mature man, uh, if you would say. One that has seen God work in many great, uh, terrible ways that has happened. There's, there's been times where he's already seen his friends that have been thrown in the fiery furnace. But praise be to God, he saw them delivered. Uh, he's seen that uh, the, 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 the demise of the Babylonian kingdom. And they've seen all of these things where uh, he's seen the handwriting of, uh, on the wall, the handwriting of God. And he's seen all of these things happen. He saw Nebuchadnezzar in chapter number 4 where he went out and he was seeing how wonderful everything that he had and how great he was. And then God said, I'll show you how great you are. And then he spent years out. And growing his nails out and bore the hair out just as a, a wild animal. But yet he gave God the glory towards the end. And, and we see all of these things that began to take place. And Daniel has seen all of that. But in Daniel chapter number 6, we all know this very story. It's one of those Sunday school stories. But I know that there is an account of God for Daniel. And I'm so thankful that God has given us this account of him. That he had to stand a test. He had to stand a trial, a tribulation. He stood strong in that way. And God delivered him. You say, does God still deliver that way? God can still deliver just as he had to Daniel. Just as he did those three Hebrew boys in chapter number 3. Daniel chapter number 6 finds Daniel with much more wisdom and much more age on him. And seeing all those things. But look with me. In Daniel chapter number 6, we know that these men were already trying to cause problems and stir problems. And they, I love, Brother Robert, the fact that they said, if we're going to find anything against Daniel, if we're going to catch him on anything, if we're going to pin anything on Daniel, it's going to have to be with him and his God. Boy, may the world look at us. Hmm. May the world look at us and say, if we're going to pin anything on those people, if we're going to find any fault in them, the fault would have to be between them and their God. That's, of course, we know that that's no fault at all, but yet we know that that's exactly what they were doing. And Darius was uh, there, the king, and had uh, been tricked into a, a certain way to be able to say, hey, if you worship or if you pray to or go and, and do anything else that uh, contrary to this law, then you're going to be thrown into the den of lions. And then when we get to Daniel chapter number 6, we also see that Daniel just kept on going the same way that he always had. Boy lowered his window, pointed toward Jerusalem, and started praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Began to pray that God would move and God would deliver and bring them out of this captivity. He knew that this was a limited time, but when we get to chapter number 6, look in verse number 11 with me. And I begin to see that how they had battle plans. And what is a battle plan when, when the foe comes against us, when the difficulty comes against us, when the world comes against us, do we have a battle plan? Our battle plan better include getting in touch with God. 
There'll be no battle plan unless God. I love the fact that I'm getting excited in, in Wednesday night Bible study. But the fact that Daniel was not the only one that had to fight battles. Little David had to fight battles, but yet he didn't have to fight it himself. The Lord fought the battle for him against Goliath. And we have these times and we see that Daniel went through this. But in verse number 11, look with me, the Bible says this. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that uh, shall ask a petition of any god or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? King answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king that Daniel is which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you would be with us, Lord, during this evening service. Lord, we thank you for this scripture. Lord, we thank you for this account that you've given to us. Lord, that we can see that we're not the only ones that are being persecuted. God, we're not the only ones that... The world hates and despises us because of you who we serve. Lord, you told us in your word that we would have persecutions and times and trials and tribulations and people would despise us just because we come in your name and we pray in your name and we worship you. But God, we come here tonight, God, to be able to find encouragement with one another. Lord, to worship you. Lord, to be able to be known that great and mighty things could take place even here on this Wednesday night. Lord, may we not just sit here idly and Lord, sit here just because we are supposed to come. Or Lord, not, not that we just sit here because we know that it's just part of the weekly routine. But God, Lord, I beg you, God, that we just come in a true heart of worship to you, God. Lord, I pray that you would touch us in a special way tonight, God, as your word is read. And God, Lord, I pray that you just preach, God, me, Lord, through the Holy Spirit of God, use me, Lord. I pray that you would uh, touch us, God. Lord, I pray that you'd be your word and bless it, Lord. Thank you for the songs that we've already heard. Lord, be with those that are all over the campus, God. Be with the teens, God. Be with the young people. Lord, be with the gap. Lord, I be with all those that are uh, going on all everything that's happening, God. I pray that you'd bless, God. Here at the campus at Harvest Baptist Tabernacle. Thank you, God. Touch our pastor, God, as he's being used of you as well. Lord, we love you. Praise you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. The very first thing that I begin to see when I begin to look at this, I'm reminded of a verse in the Bible in 1 Peter chapter number 5, verse number 8. That, that verse simply says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is as a roaring lion, seeking, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. And I may just say this, that I, I made a little acrostic that I can remember that, that Satan is as a lion, but thank God that we have another one that is the lion of the tribe of Judah. If you begin to look and you do any research, and I've, I've seen this, have you ever watched uh, that, that, that channel, the Animal Channel or Animal Planet or something like that, and they, they talk about doing these documentaries, and they bring these two lions, and these lions come at one another, and they start fighting, and one is going to go before the other, one's going to win. And, but I thank God that Brother Jim already know which one's going to win in this fight. <laughs> I already know which one is more powerful. And I made that little acrostic and I begin to say, well, if he's as a lion, then let me see, well, what is Satan? Well, number one, that he is a liar. Thank God that I know that Satan himself is a liar. 
The Bible tells us in John chapter number 8, verse number 44, that he says that he is a liar and the father of it. He began to do it. But not only is he a liar, but Brother, Brother Harper, he is an imposter. All he wants to do is be like the Most High. Isaiah chapter number 14, verse number 14, seven times I believe it is, that he goes forth and he begins to say, I will, I will, I will. And at the very last, Brother John, he says that I will be like the Most High. He has nothing else to compare to. He has nothing else where he can say, I want to be like this or that's any higher. So he can only be the imposter of God Almighty himself. And I want to be like the Most High. And look when in that verse number, uh, 1 Peter 5, 8, he says that it is as a lion. It doesn't say that he is a lion. But he's an imposter. But not only is that, he is an oppressor. He oppresses the people of God. And Jesus uh, healed uh, those that were oppressed by the devils. And according to Acts chapter number 10. And he is an oppressor. But thank God that I also know, Brother Mike, that his days are numbered. He has some numbered days. And there is no way. Thank God that he's going to come out of this on the winning side. Because there is a line of the tribe of Judah according to Revelation chapter number 5. That he is the one. Thank God that we have Jesus Christ. That, that is that true lion. You say, well, what is the acrostic that you have for him? Well, number one, that he is loving. Thank God that he loved us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For God commendeth his love towards us. And while that we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He is a loving Savior. He is a loving uh, one that loves us us each and every one, but thank God that He is also an interceding Savior. He intercedes for each and every one of us. He is seated on the seated on the right hand side of the Father. He is making intercession for you and for me. There are times in my life, Sister Debbie, that I don't know what to pray, but thank God He knows exactly what needs to be prayed. The Holy Spirit of God making utterings for us, and the Holy Spirit of God is making it known to God, but thank God that the, the Savior is interceding for us. And Romans chapter number 8 says that He's interceding for us. Not only is He loving, not only is He interceding, but He is an overcomer. Glory to God. He has overcome the world. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Thank God that I have that promise that He has overcome. Revelation chapter number 17 tells us that He will overcome them. Glory to God. We can have overcoming uh, faith by that. But He also thank God that He was the nail-pierced one for each and every one of us. Boy, He's the one that was pierced through. Psalm 20 22 tells us that he was pierced through with nails. John 19 says that they pierced him with nails. But thank God that he doesn't have uh, uh, that, those nails in his hands anymore. He may have the scars, but he is not, uh, have that, he's not on that cross any longer. And he's not in that grave any longer because we were just able to celebrate that wonderful Easter Sunday where Jesus Christ got up victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Having fun in Bible study already, glory to God. We have those lions that we're looking at, and he is as a lion. But that adversary of the people of God is the devil. There is no other one that we have. He's the great deceiver, and his tactics have not changed. He has been doing, and he has been deceiving since the day that he was in Eden. And he was trying to deceive those from the Old Testament to the New Testament to today to yesterday. And then even in the very hours leading up to the service, he's trying to deceive you and tell you that you're not going to come out victorious over whatever that is that you're dealing with tonight. You're not going to come out victorious over. You're not going to overcome that. Why? But 
But thank God I've got good news for the child of God that we can overcome by the blood of Jesus Christ. That we can come out as conquerors because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We can know without a shadow of a doubt that God is on our side and that defeated lion is going to be Satan, the devil himself, cast out into outer darkness forevermore someday. And the lion of the tribe of Judah is going to come out victorious and we are on the winning side. Be thankful for that. And our text is just a taste of what Satan can do. He's looking to devour you. He's looking to cause a problem with you. He's looking to the people, the child of God, to cause problems. And he would love nothing more for each and every one of us to be thrown in a den of lions and devoured to his pleasure. And his battle plan has not changed, and therefore, our battle battle plan should not change either. We don't need to go forth with the new way of thinking. We don't need to change our theology based on the times that we live in. We don't need to change the way that we trust Jesus Christ as a Savior. We don't need anything else but Jesus Christ and His blood. Daniel knew of the law that was signed, but he chose to obey God. I have to be real careful, and I try to be real careful, but I believe with all my heart that it could be a very short time before there may be laws signed in. That the people of God are going to have to decide whether we're going to obey the land's laws or whether we're going to abide by the Lord's laws. I understand what Romans chapter number 13 says. I understand that there are all these things, but there are times where God Almighty says for us to make sure that we take a stand. Boy, there's things that's happening in our world that I didn't ever think, Dr. Harper, that I'd ever have to deal with. I'm concerned. I'm concerned so much with the fact that I have a, a three children. Boy, my oldest son, he's going to be getting married here towards the end of the year. And he'll be starting his own family. And, and to be honest with you, I, I, I've thought about uh, my dad. And he would say, son, I just I don't know what you're going to have to deal with. And, and I, I just pray that God will come and come quickly. And, and boy, then I thought, dad, I, I just want to turn 16 and drive a car. I just want to turn 18 and graduate from high school. I, I just want to, want to just turn 21. I ain't drank, so I don't know why I wanted to turn 21, but I wanted to turn 21. And then I just wanted to get married. And then after we got married, then I wanted to have kids. And, and now we had three kids. And now I'm just saying, oh, Lord, please come quickly. Boy, that, we, we learn from our mistakes, don't we? But Daniel knew that that law, and there's going to be times where we're going to have to deal, but uh, God did not save Daniel from the adversary. God didn't save him from the adversity and the battle, but he saved Daniel in the adversity and in the battle. And there are times where we may have to be shoulder deep into the battle. But we have to depend and rely on the Lord Jesus Christ to know that He is there with us. That Lord, to know that He is there for us. Those that were trying to dispose of Daniel, uh, they were assembled and they were ready to pounce, of course, in verse number 11. But I want you to look at the assault of the foe. Look at the assault of the foe in verse number 12. Look at these two verses with me, 12 and 13. Then they came near and they spoke before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man shall ask a petition of any god or any man within 30 days, save thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, that Daniel, 
which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. The assault from hell was not an easy one, and it wasn't one of mercy. The assault was no different. Uh, Here was no different than we have, and they wanted to show no mercy. They wanted Daniel to be punished. They wanted the the people of God to be punished. They have disdain for him. They They think he's disgusting. They want nothing to do with him. They don't like him. And let me go ahead and just tell you, the people of the world, they don't like Christians anymore. They don't respect Christians anymore. They don't want the people of God to prosper. They don't want the people of God to have everything that we could possibly have. But thank God we have a Savior that He is on our side and He is more powerful and He is stronger and He is the one that is in charge. May I also remind you that the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter number 7, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. We better be careful. But boy, there's a reminder of the foe. That, that, that verse number 12, he goes through and he says, Didn't you do that? Didn't you do this? Didn't you do this, king? I want to remind you of what you did. Boy, isn't it like the devil? Have you ever had the devil just throw something at you and say, I want to remind you about what you used to do. I want to remind you about how you used to live. Now you think you're serving God and you think you're doing all of these wonderful things and you think that you're making much of the Lord Jesus Christ, but don't you remember where you were? Boy, I'll be honest with you. That could be very discouraging. But then 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 comes to mind. That verse that says, and such were some of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And such were Some of you, that means, hey, God is not looking at that sin anymore. God has not looked down through that sin portals anymore. Thank thank God that he has not done anything. He's not remembering any of those things. He has forgiven. He has forgotten. He has gotten rid of all those sin. He's not going to bring that up and put that in front of your face and and throw it in your face. The devil himself is the only one and the demons of hell are the only ones that's going to be bringing that up. But boy, this is the part of that assault that the Christian people have to face on a daily basis. Remember when? remember when but hey thank God you just tell the devil the next time he comes up and says remember when you tell him yes I do I remember when I remember when the Lord Jesus Christ came down and began to work with my soul I remember when they started to sing that old song and Jesus Christ began to flutter inside of my heart I remember the day that I got down on an old fashioned altar and gave my life I remember when Jesus Christ saved me glory to God that's what I remember that's what I need to ponder on that's That's what I need to worry about. Thank God that Jesus Christ has saved each and every one of our souls. Mm. Reminding them of our past. Reminding of our wrongs. But thank God that God has buried that past. Done away with that past. But then there's a rejection of Daniel in verse number 13. Then answered they, that Daniel. That Daniel with such disdain. They had such a How dare he be above us? How dare he have a position? He's of the children of the tribes of Judah. He's just an old slave child. There's no reason for him to be in the position that he's in. Child of Judah, a second-rate citizen. Can I remind you that there are no second-rate citizens in heaven? (laughs) 
Hallelujah. We may have some, it seems like there may be some slums. It seems like that there may be, but thank God, we've been doing a study in, the, in, in Revelate, or James chapter number 2 uh, on our Wednesday morning services. We've been doing that, James chapter number 2, where it says, don't worry about the men in that beautiful, wonderful, uh, gay raiment. Boy, that beautiful stuff. And don't worry about the one in the vial. You make sure that you put them all on the same plane. You don't have to worry about one and put one above the other. That's not the way that we should do that. And that's not the way. Why? Because there are no second rate citizens when we get to glory. There is not one side of the tracks or the other side of the tracks. Glory to God. There is only the citizens of Jesus Christ, the citizens of heaven, that we've all been bought and paid for by the same blood. The blood that it took you is the same blood that took me. And the same blood that took me took my children and my grandchildren someday and my family and each and every one of you. It's all under the covered under the same blood. Thank God He's not a slave anymore to sin, but we are a child Of God. I want you to look at the action of the king. Look with me in verse number 14. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. Darius knew as soon as he heard the words come out of there, Mouth. I messed up. I listened to the wrong people. I did the wrong thing. We all make mistakes. Christians are not sinless. But I've heard it said because we are Christians, we are not sinless, but we should sin less. And to make sure that we're living a life pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't blame others. Don't blame others for what he did. Darius didn't blame anybody else. He knew it was him. He knew he was the one that was messed up. Well, have you ever you ever got to your kids and you want to know what was going on and you talk to the oldest one? The oldest one said it was the next one down, the next one down, and the baby always gets blamed. Thank you, brother Mike. But the baby always gets off too. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, you remember. What did Adam and Eve do? What did Adam and Eve? Adam said, God, the woman you gave me, was her fault. Well, we don't know, Brother Shane. He don't, was he blaming God or was he blaming Eve? But either way, he was blaming somebody else. He wasn't taking credit for it. And then we go to Eve and Eve said, well, it was the serpent's fault. It wasn't my fault. It was the serpent's fault. And the serpent said, yep, it was me. The devil's the only one that didn't lie about it. Wow. He took credit for it. Boy, we don't need to blame others when we look at these things. But you see the action of the king. What? He had remorse. I'll be honest with you, Brother Jim. There's a lot. One of the things that we miss in the world that we live in today is that there's no remorse for sin. There's no remorse for what is being done wrong. The world you live in Put sin on display. They put it out there. They glorify it. They tell you that everything's all right. 
So much the fact that we even have pastors now trying to accept and say, hey, you're part of this, you're part of this, we'll just bring you all in and it'll all be okay. And they condone the sin that people are participating in. I'm here to tell you that we are to be able to love the sinners and we are to be able to to love them and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ and bring them to salvation and bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is our job. But we are not to condone and to be able to say that the sin that they are participating in is all right because it is not all right. We need to repent and be able to be remorseful of the sin that is in. The repentance of the remorse of that king. Look at verse number 14, that first part. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself. He was displeased with the decision that he made. He agonized about that. He, had, he, had, he was upset with himself. Look at the difference. You begin to look at Darius and you begin to look at Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was mad in Hebrew and in Daniel chapter number 3. Those, those three Hebrew men. He was mad at them, angry with them. He got so angry that, at them. But yet Darius said, it's my fault. I did this. There's a remorse that he had. But then what is the reaction? The reaction of the king is this. In verse number 14. And set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. He wanted to do all that he could do. Human nature always wants to take charge. I'm I'm with y'all. My wife, bless her heart, sometimes she just wants to talk. And, and, And don't go there, Brother Richard. Now, I'm a a fixer because I'm a man. Come on, man, y'all help me out. Thank you. So when you come to me and you tell me that there's something wrong, I need to do something to fix what is wrong. And then I say, well, bless God, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to give them a piece of my mind and I'm going to fix this and this is what's going to happen and this is what's going to happen. And Heather says, don't do that. I said, why not? Because I'm going to go fix this. I can fix this. I know what to do. I'm going to stomp a mud hole in them, bless God. And she said, Shane, I don't want you to do anything about it. I just want you to listen to me. Well, why did you tell me if you didn't want me to do anything? Because now I want to do something. I'll be honest with you. That's just the way I am. The action of the king. The reaction of the king. He wanted to do all that he could. The human nature comes out to do it. it. The Bible says that he labored. What was that laboring? He was an actively seeking. How can I fix this? How can I do this? But according to the laws of the Medes and Persians, not even the king himself could change a law that had been written and had been sealed with his signet. Nothing could be done. But I want you to think of the reason of the king. Look at verse number 15 with me. The reason of the king is this. These men were assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establishes may be changed. The men had caught him. They were not going to let go. May I say, you ever get in the middle of sin, sin's going to catch you. Sin's going to keep you. Sin is never going to let go. But we got a Savior. We have a Savior that can bring us up out of that miry clay. We have a Savior that can bring us out of that horrible place. 
I want you to look at real quickly towards the end of the chapter. Look at verse number 16 with me. Chapter number 6, verse number 16. The adversary or the adversity of Daniel. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. When Darius couldn't do anything else, he gave in. What is it that we always do? I've done everything that I can do. I've done everything that I can do. And there's just nothing that I'm ever going to be able to do about this. So he carried out the law. But I want you to recognize something in this scripture. Verse number 16. One thing that has always jumped out at me. That has always amazed me. Is that I've always heard it as a child. When I was in Sunday school. They said Daniel in the lion's den. In the Daniel in the lion's den. Punctuation matters. Amen? You teachers, y'all better say amen. Punctuation matters. The lions den mean that the lions owned it. But according to the scripture, it said the den of lions. That there was a den that, the ha- that just so happened to have lions in it. That doesn't mean that they were in control. Glory to God. It doesn't mean that they could do whatever they wanted to do in that den. Hallelujah. When you begin to look at that and begin to know that understand that the adversary of the adversity of Daniel, boy, that there's a, a thing, boy, that you recognize that you may be in a bad situation, but there is one that is still in charge. There is one that is still in charge and, and it doesn't matter who you're having to battle with and it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, that he is the one that is in charge of it. You say, well, how is that? you got to turn to reliance on God. And boy, that's one of the hardest things in the world to do. When you throw up your hands and you say, God, I can't do anything more, God finally says, I'll step in and I'll make the difference now because you're going to finally get out of the way. You're finally going to stop trying to do it on your own. I'm going to do something miraculous. I'm going to do something amazing. Something that nobody else could do. That no man could cause to happen. But thank God that he could and he can. When we look at that, the reliance on God. Look at the end of verse number 16. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually... Hallelujah. Thank God that Daniel didn't uh, back out on God. That Daniel didn't back off and say, Hey, they've caused a problem with me, Lord. Lord, now you understand. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Shane. Shush. No. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Well, uh, they know what's going on. And I won't be able to do this anymore for the church. Because uh, uh, there's just some other circumstances that took place. Oh, my. It's getting real quiet in here. I'm not going to be able to do this anymore for the Lord because this is going on in my life. And the Lord understands. But Steve, you ever heard that one? The Lord understands. The Lord understands. But the Lord wants us to serve Him continually. Wants us to stay on and continue on and say, God, I'm going to do what you have. Boy, when we look at that, He served Him continually. And what does Darius says? He will deliver thee. Wow! Look at the faith that Darius had. A pagan man. A man that didn't have anything to do with God. He was saying, don't worry. Daniel, rely on your God. Because he's going to do it. Boy, I'm going to be honest with you. There's times when men fail. But God fails not. Glory to God. There are times when man falters. But God stands firm. There are times when man is fickle. But God stands faithful. And I'm thankful that we serve Him. That Darius has done all that he can humanly do. But God is then going to take over and step in. And make a way where there was no other way. Thank God that we have that kind of God that we serve. We have a God that is not constrained by the time. Or or the, the money. Or the financial. Or the... The 
wealth and health of anything else. But God is on our side to be able to see that it come through. And then, boy, you just got to say, Daniel's thrown in the den of lions. And we tell him that it's going to happen. It'll be okay. But all Daniel can do now and all Darius can do now is just wait for the rising of the sun. Well, we'll just throw them in that night and, boy, those lions, they'll take it out. I'm sure that those lions had not been fed for quite some time. But yet, I just believe, I just believe, they probably had one of the greatest meals they'd ever had that night. You say, Brother Shane, can you prove that? Absolutely not. But don't mess with me. I just believe that God dealt with them lions, fed those lions, took care of them, Made sure that they were all right. Look at verse number 17. Boy, this right here, this blesses my soul. I don't know if it blesses you, but it it blesses my soul. And a stone was brought. And laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet. Is this starting to sound familiar? And with the signet of his lord's. That the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Can I say this? God will deliver. Not from all the time, but in. He will deliver. He will bring you, whether that deliverance is through by just giving you grace to be able to go and put your foot in through uh, in front of the other, whether he'll give you the peace to be able to go on a little further, whatever it is that God will do, he will give you that peace, he will give you that comfort, he'll give you that strength, he'll give you that grace, that mercy to be able to go on a little further, but God will deliver. And when no man can do anything, God can. God will. See, the stone that was sealed and seals the passage. And the lion and, the, and Daniel are the only thing that is in there. So think. The Lord's. But there's one greater. I, I wish they would have had an x-ray of some sort to be able to see. Well, what else is in there? Because when Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fiery furnace, he said there's three. No, there's four. Now, it should be just lions and it should just be Daniel, but there's... Something else taking place in there. There's something else that's going on. Nothing can be changed concerning Daniel's fate unless God intervenes. Boy, I'll be honest with you, just with with the passing of this past weekend, boy, the devil thought that he had everything under control. He thought that everything was doing just fine, that he had put the Lord Jesus Christ to death. And and boy, he had pierced him through and he had put him in that tomb and everything was going to be all right now, but... He didn't know who he was dealing with, apparently. Because the Lord Jesus Christ came out victorious. Now, I'm not comparing Daniel to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't think that I'm going that way. But I am going to tell you this, that the Lord Jesus Christ that was with the three Hebrew children and the Lord Jesus Christ that was sealed behind a a, a rock or a stone at some point in another tomb later on down the road, that is the same Lord Jesus Christ that was with Daniel and was comforting him and helping him and knowing that without a shadow of a doubt, Daniel, your fate is sealed. Your fate is all right. You don't have to worry about it. There's not going to be a line that's going to come 
come towards you, you go ahead and fluff a pillow up on one of those lines. You just lay back, take yourself a nap, enjoy this evening because I have everything under control. Boy, we may be sealed behind a tomb. We may be in one of those tombs and sealed behind with those great stones. But thank God that there's one that can come through. There's there's one that will keep on going for each and every one of us. And it is the Lord Jesus Christ that comes through for us every time that we have a need that we have. And boy, when you feel like that the enemy is about to win, and that is when God begins to take control. And when we let go and let God, we see great and mighty things take place. I don't know where you are in your life tonight. You may be up against the wall. Your back may be against the wall. It may be financial. It may be health. It may be family. It may be whatever is happening in your... I don't know what it is that may be happening in your life. But I want to tell you. God is still in control. That God can still make this way. For the days of the devil are numbered. We know that there's a day that's coming when the Lord Jesus Christ will take him and throw him into the bottomless pit. Throw him into the depths of hell. Never for his people to ever come against God or his people again. I'm so thankful that I have a battle plan. You say, what is your battle plan? Well, my battle plan is to stick with Jesus. When I don't know what to do, just let God. As a matter of fact, it'd probably do us a whole lot more, Brother John, if we'd just stay out of the way. God, I don't know what to do. Good. Get out of the way and let me do something. Boy, there's times when in our lives where we just need to let God Work a miracle in our life. Lord, tonight may be one of those nights. We just let him do what he only can do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.